Hey, uh, how is everybody feeling today? I, I'm so, I love church. And uh, I'll be honest with you, church requires a lot of work, a lot of work that y'all will never see, which is fine. I'm, I'm happy to do it all, uh, the, the preparing and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes I come in here and I'm already tired, right? And I've got to like, Turn it on, right? I got I to gotta muster something up. But it was just a moment in that song uh, that God was like, hey, this is also for you. Like, let's just sit in my presence for a second. And uh, I am so thankful for church. I'm thankful for every single one of you guys. And uh, I would not, Stephanie would not want to do this with any other group of people. I'm taking this side, by the way. I'm just letting y'all know. Y'all understand in a second. Uh, but uh, I love you guys. And uh, I so appreciate you guys. And I love worshiping with you guys. I love being here every single week. And I hope that this place is a blessing to you as well. But I do want to take a second before we kind of get into what what we're talking about today and, uh, and acknowledge a few things that have happened in the last month, okay? This has been one of the, I would say, a very heavy month in the life of our country. And if you look back and if you can imagine, we just had two massive shootings happen in our country, one in Buffalo, one in Texas. Um, and Anytime something like that happens, as a pastor, I feel the need of, I have got to respond. I got to say something, right? I got to acknowledge this. I got to do all this stuff. And a lot of times God just like, hey, chill. Don't, don't, don't react. Let's respond, right? And, uh, and so I definitely feel the weight of that. Like I hate that families are walking through that. I hate that this brings up divisiveness that's so apparent in our country right now that there are the two opposing sides are so divisive. It almost feels like there's no hope sometimes, right? And uh, it, you see it all on Facebook unfold and you're, you have friends that you've had for years and all of a sudden you see them post something. And you're like, these people are crazy. What are you, I didn't even know what in the world. And that happens with you too. They see you post stuff and they're like, Clint is a madman, right? And, uh, and I'm sure we've all seen our fair share of this. So that went on. Uh, we've had hearings concerning the January 6th thing that happened at the Capitol and a lot of stuff coming out there. And, and then other people be like, well, they're lying. And it's just more divisiveness, right? Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the, the Congress passed a bipartisan gun law, which I honestly don't even know what all that entails, but I'm sure some people in here have some strong opinions about it. And, and there's people out there that have some strong opinions about it. And there's been a lot going on. Write your senator, do this. And all of a sudden on Friday, uh, the Supreme Court dropped a bomb. And uh, and I honestly didn't, I wasn't expecting this to happen. Uh, but we saw that Roe v. Wade was overturned. And before I go any further, let me say a few things. I don't want this to turn into uh, people where we, I don't want people to cheer. I don't want people to jeer in here. Okay. Because I, that's not what we're here to do. I want to say a few things in response to what happened on Friday with the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade to let you know kind of where our heart is as, as a church um, and all that kind of stuff so that I want to help pastor you through this as your pastor. And I really hate that Seth's not here today, but uh, I wanted to be sure that we get out in front of you and let you know kind of our thoughts on this. Um, and this isn't a time for gloating and beating your chest of like, we won some, some battle. That's not, I don't think that's the right response here. So I wanted to let you know a few things uh, about this that we can all take away and you can kind of understand kind of how we are with this. First thing I wanna say is this church is a pro-life church. And I wanna say this, uh, before we go any further, that is not a political statement from this church. Our church does not get into politics. We, I hate politics, if I'm being honest with you. We're not ever going to get up here 
tell you how to vote. I'm not going to get up here and tell you who to vote for. Uh, that's not what we do. If you want a church like that, there's plenty of churches out there that do that. This isn't one of them. That is not a, that is not a political statement. That's a biblical statement. And uh, now politics have hijacked that statement and they have turned it into ways to get us to vote one way or the other. But our church is a pro-life church because... God is a pro-life God. God values all life. You see it from the beginning of the Bible. You see it in Psalms where it says, for I created you in my, or for you were created in, uh, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. He's talking about God here. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. We see that God values every life. And so because God values every life, we value every life. And that's just how we are. We're going to value unborn life and we're going to value uh, after you're born. We, we want to, we value life at this church because God values life. And, uh, and the Bible is our authority on this. The Republican Party is not our authority. The Democratic Party, not our authority. We answer to something a little higher. His name is God and his word, and that's where this is found. We think that, that the Bible teaches that, that God values life, and that's what we value. We value life. But statistics would show us this that four out of 10 women, before I go any further, we're also, I didn't write this down, we're very pro-women at this church as well, by the way. And uh, we, we love ladies, we wanna give ladies a voice at this church. We've ordained my wife, the pastor, she's a pastor at this church, we believe in women at this church. And we understand four out of 10 women that, that have abortions are in the church. And many of these people suffer, these ladies suffer in silence because we've not always made church the safest place to get help. Church has not been historically great at helping people that need this type of help. Four out of 10 women uh, that have abortions are in the church and they suffer in silence because we haven't made church the safest place to get help. place to get help. And we just don't want to fight for the unborn. We want to fight for your healing. If that's you in this room, and statistics will tell us someone in this room has probably went through this before. And if that's you, I want you to understand there is absolutely no shame in this church. There's no guilt trip that we're going to put you on in this church. We're here for you. We want to help you. If you need counseling in here uh, to, to work through some things that you haven't worked through, or maybe you just want to tell someone a secret that you've kept and you have felt shame, this is a safe place for you to share that. And so there's many ways you can do that. You can email us if you don't want to tell anyone here, you can email this and this goes directly to Stephanie and I. It's info at oasistn.church. And if you need help, that's a way you can do it. You can fill it out on a connect card. You can fill it out on a prayer card out here and we will confidentially help you. And uh, this is a place where I want to offer that to you. If you need counseling, we'll pay for it. If you need a group, we'll find you one. There's someone very close to Stephanie and I's family that's gone through this that has led many, 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 many women through counseling and uh, through a group called Surrendering the Secret where you can talk about something like this. But I, I want to apologize to you on behalf of the church. We've not done a great job at handling stuff like this. But if you want help, we're here for you. The last thing I want to say is this. If you disagree with what I've said about our church being pro-life, I want you to understand something. We can still disagree and remain family. That's what being family is about. Having difficult, respectful, 
honest conversations with each other. That's what being a family is about. And we are a family. And so if you don't disagree with this, if, you, if you're experiencing anger today, I'm so sorry that you're experiencing that. And I want you to know, I, I empathize with you, but I think that we can still disagree and still remain family. The, the God honors unity. And we're gonna be a church that promotes unity. And we're not gonna get into shouting matches with each other if we find ourselves disagreeing on this. We can still disagree and we can still be family. And so the last thing I'll say, and then we'll kind of get into the message today is this, is our church is very young. Y'all know this, we're two years, not even two years old really. Um, And we haven't, had a lot of opportunity to do some stuff and we don't have a ton of money, right? Like, I mean, it's not like we can donate a million dollars today to help people. Uh, so what I am doing, what Steph and I are gonna be doing is we're gonna respond to this. We're not gonna react. We're gonna respond to this uh, in a way that's appropriate for our church in a way that we can help. And uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna put together like a little task force, I'm gonna call it, because that sounds awesome, right? We're gonna put together a little task force of people that will ask to be a part of this team that can help us serve people that might need to be served in a time like this, which means if there's a mom out there that doesn't, that wants to make the choice of giving up the uh, baby for adoption uh, or they want to, they need help, they need help getting supplies or whatever, I want to be a church where they can come to and they can find some help. And so I want to put together a team that can help us assess how we can respond to this so that we can actually help people during this time. Because I understand there's probably a lot of women that feel helpless right now and the church is, this is the church's time to step up, rise up and be the church. And that's what we want to do in the way that we can do it. So we will be doing that. Another thing that we're doing is we actually planned today weeks ago, like probably a month ago. And, uh, I, and I wanted to highlight a family in our church and interview them and let you hear their story. Um, and we planned this weeks ago and it's a story uh, that we'll get into here in a second. And I'm really glad how God worked this together today because it's perfect for, uh, for what kind of has gone down this week. So I want you guys to put your hands together as Sarah and Andrew make their way up to the stage. Come on, y'all give them a hand. Come on up. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. These are some great people right here, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves to you in a second. Um, and I have loved getting to know Sarah and Andrew. Uh, this is a fun story that um, that I will take with me until the day I die, I think. And uh, we, we were supposed to launch at this location um, I, on, I forget the date. It was in January, but it was a Sunday where uh, there was a, supposed to be 48 inches of snow come down, right? Like, and I think a dusting happened, like it was nothing. But we were supposed to launch that day at this location. And so we were like, I already spent so much money advertising on Facebook. We bought everything. We've been here weeks before getting everything set up and torn down and hours and hours and hours. And that week shows up and I'm like, we're having service. I, we, we might not have our grand opening, we're having service. And so uh, Steph and I did, definitely did not fight about this at all, but we, had, we were having service. And she, she was like, no, let's just push it back. I'm like, we can't. What if a person shows up? And so we decided to do a modified service. We set up our little bitty sound system and a TV out in the lobby out here and did like a little service. And one person came. Like it, our team, some of our team was there. One other person came. And Miss Donna walked in the door and I was like, oh, 
a person. And I was like, this is why we did it, baby. And uh, she came. We got to know her, which was perfect because I think I taught on our vision and all that kind of stuff that day. And uh, she had heard about this church, I think, because y'all heard about this church. And now uh, I will never forget you walking through there and now getting to meet you guys. I'm so excited about today. I think it's going to be really good. But um, anyway, uh, I want them to introduce yourself. So I want you to introduce yourselves. Tell us how you met and how you came to Oasis Church. Let's just start there. All right. He, he hates this, by the way. You're going to do great, bro. You're going to do great. Imagine everyone's naked. That's what people... I'm joking. Don't do that. Don't do that. Even, even I probably better. should not have said that. Even better. Uh, okay, go ahead. Well, I'm Andrew. My wife's Sarah. And uh, we learned about Oasis on Facebook. And uh, we met at uh, my brother-in-law's birthday party. Okay. That's how we met. Very cool. And just a little... We, uh, it's funny... You didn't hear about us on Facebook. You heard about us. We only, when we, typically when we advertise on Facebook, we only advertise to women because men don't care about Facebook ads. Ladies do, and it worked. So I'm super excited. All right. So y'all met at your brother-in-law's birthday party or something? Okay, that's cool. I won't ask any other questions there. Uh, all right. So I wanted to get yeah. their, y'all, y'all know what a hot take is? Like an opinion that you have that like it's, okay. I wanted to hear their hot take. Go. What's your hot take right now? It's Just more for of a sports take. I don't okay. know if it's a hot take, but. Titans fans, they're never going to win a Super Bowl. You know what? You're right. Not a hot take. All right. You're right. Okay. So, um, and they also have a little daughter named Ella. She is the cutest. I love, I love Ella. I feel like she's really come out of her shell a lot, uh, a lot, which I really enjoy seeing. She's so awesome. I remember they, y'all went on a vacation not too long ago. And the week they got back, I was talking to Ella about vacation. I said, what was your favorite part? She said, Splash Mountain. I loved it. So we got to talk about Disney. I love that. So, um, but it took you guys a little while to get pregnant with Ella, right? So I want I want people to know how long were you guys trying to get pregnant uh, before you found out that you were pregnant with Ella? Uh, it took us about a year, which isn't a crazy long time, but it felt like eternity to uh, us. <laughs> absolutely. And if uh, you're in here and you don't have kids yet, or maybe you've gone through a journey like this, I think before you start trying to have kids, you assume that everything's just going to work out, right? And it's just going to, you're going to have a baby. I'm not going to get into any more detail other than that, but you, it's disappointing when you keep trying and nothing happens. You keep trying, nothing happens. And y'all get, went through that 12 times and it's, and that's, it's not like, all right, we'll just try again tomorrow. No, like you, it's time, right? You have to wait and then you got to do the right things. And 12 times of hearing no, uh, is, can be really, really difficult. So, um, so you end up having Ella though, which is great. And she's awesome. I, I love her to death. And then I'm assuming your life is just perfect after that, right? You had your baby and life is perfect. Is that right? Yeah, it's good at the time. And she's just, <laughs> she's, she's, She's not a handful, bro. Are you kidding me? I'm joking. She's she's awesome. So has your life been perfect since then? No. no? I mean, okay. she brings us a lot of joy, and we're thankful for her. Um, we thank God for her every day. And um, But we've been trying to get pregnant again, and it's been about two years, and we haven't had any success. So try to year with Ella. You have Ella. Now you've been trying two years. That's three years of trying to have kids 
and being met with disappointment a little bit. And that's really hard. I'm so sorry. I know that's been the story for some of you out here too. You've had some, some fertility issues and you haven't been able to get pregnant. And uh, that's something that we pray for all the time. That for those of you that have trusted us with doing that, we do that. Um, but I want to start us off with the scripture today because you might not have disappointment with your fertility journey, but you have faced disappointment in some way or another in your life where something hasn't panned out the way that you wanted it to pan out. And Steph and I like to say that uh, disappointment is the gap between your expectations and reality, right? Like what's actually happening versus almost dropped it there. Did you see that catch, bro? That's what I'm talking about. Your expectations are realities over here and your expectations right here. And everything in the middle is, is where disappointment can land because if expectations don't meet reality, it's hard sometimes. And I think we all go through seasons like this. The Bible says this in Proverbs 16, it says, we make our plans but the Lord determines our steps. And so this thing, the Bible doesn't talk about that it's bad to make plans. It says, hey, we make plans, but I think we have to be careful sometimes because sometimes we make plans without really uh, holding on to those plans loosely because how many of y'all know life just never goes the way that you want it to go most of the time, right? So we, we can make our plans, but we also have to have the humility and understanding that God is ultimately in control. And so sometimes you might have this expectation of, man, I want to have five kids, but God might not have you on that journey right now. And, and you have to sometimes with humility go, okay, God, what are you actually doing? What is my reality right now? Because I've made plans, but clearly my steps aren't taking me here. And a lot of times we can look at where God is taking us and we can still be disappointed because we see it as lesser than the reality that we hope for. We've expected this, but God sometimes still doesn't quite live up to those expectations. And we think that, man, God's plan must be worse than my plan because his plan's not, this isn't working out the way that I wanted to, and I'm disappointed. But here's what the Bible says. And it's actually not true. We assume that his plan is not as good. But the Bible says this in Ephesians 3.20. It says, now all glory to God, who was able through his mighty power work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. Some versions say that we can ask or even imagine. So that means your expectations may have been here, but what God wants to take you is not here. It's infinitely more than what you could ever ask or imagine. So here's what I like to tell people. Have a big imagination when it comes to God. Why? Because he can do exponentially more. He can do infinitely more than your imagination. So if you find yourself today and you're a little disappointed, I would say up your expectations to where God's might be for you. And if that means letting go of a dream, if that means letting go of something that you really, really wanted, you need to understand today that what God wants for you is far better than what you want for you. I can say that with complete confidence because that's what the Bible teaches. He's a good, good father. But I understand that it's easy for the preacher to get up here and say these things, but Clint, you have no idea what I'm going through, right? Uh, and I know that this journey has been hard for you guys. That's two years, two extra years of trying to have a baby and it's been disappointing. So tell me about the roller coaster that this has been over the last two years between you guys and with Ella. Well, for me, it's a little different because, you know, it's hard seeing her disappointed and then Ella, you know, she wants a sibling real bad. So uh, trying to be there for both of them and comfort them and, you know, go through it each month and what about you? For me, some months are really good. Um, 
I get through it pretty good, and then other months I have to peel myself up off the bathroom floor. Um, it's We pray a lot, and we trust that he has a plan for us. Um, it's hard sometimes, because I told you, we take Ella to the playground, and she'll say, like, oh, I wish I had a brother or sister to play with. And so it's hard. It's hard to work through that. No one teaches you how to parent in moments like that. How many of y'all wish there was some sort of like guidebook to where you can learn how to have these conversations? You don't. You don't have it. And I, I remember we took Ruben home from the hospital, our first, and I was like, they're going to let us leave. And I don't know how to, I don't know what I'm doing with this thing. They're going to let us take this thing home. Uh, and that's how it feels a lot of times when you're having a baby. Um, di- disappointment, we're kind of going to talk, this disappointment is going to be a little bit of a theme here. We're, it's something we all deal with. I remember a few years ago, we're big Disney fans in our family. We love Disney World. We can't afford to go to Disney World anymore because it's wild. And we've been on a few Disney cruises. And I remember uh, we were gearing up to take all of our kids and Stephanie and I and then my in-laws. We're all going on a cruise together, Disney cruise together. And if y'all don't know, uh, you have to sell an organ to afford to go on a Disney cruise. So we had booked this cruise and we took a, like a year and a half. We were chipping away at it, paying it off. And and I think I was more excited than our kids were because I'd been on one without kids before, before we had kids. And I was, we were watching, if there's a YouTube vlogger that's been on a Disney boat, I've seen it. And we were, I was gearing up. I was like, guys, this is, look at this restaurant. It's going to be awesome. Look at these slides. Look at this show. Look at this. And I am, every day we're watching these things and we're getting more and more and more and more excited for this trip. And I remember getting on the boat or on the ship, and uh, remembering going, huh, this isn't quite like I wanted it to be, right? Like, I've built it up so much. I had so uh, such unrealistic expectations that nothing could have, uh, could have like, helped me, and nothing could have met those expectations, right? Like, I had built them up so much, and so I was on this Disney cruise, spent an ungodly amount of money to get on this boat with our kids, and I wasn't having the best time of my life. And I'm like, what have we done? Like I was I was on a Disney cruise actually disappointed, which feels impossible, but I was. And it's because I was watching other people's highlights of what they were going through on their cruise. And they weren't showing me nap time on the cruise, by the way, which when you have small kids, you gotta they gotta take a nap. And that means you gotta take them out of the pool, which means they're going to cuss you out right and they're gonna scream and fuss and then you gotta get them there. like no one showed us this i was just seeing people's highlights real and i remember that's that's what people can do on we can get online and we can see other people's highlight reels and that can help build up our expectations when in reality what that's doing is that's creating a further gap between what your expectations are and where reality is and a lot of times uh, if we're not careful we'll allow that to get into our soul a little bit and I think a lot of us have fallen into that before on social media is we see other people having babies. We see other people getting pregnant. We see other people like, oops, we didn't mean to have this baby. And, and it's like, well, I've been trying for two years and I haven't gotten anything. And we've gone through ups and down. And, and it's because our expectations get so out of whack. And I don't want to take anything away from what you guys have gone through because I know what you've gone through has been painful at times and it's been hard. What has carried you through those disappointing times during this season of trying to get pregnant, trying to work things out, and things just aren't working out? Like, what are, what's been some stuff that kind of gotten you through? A lot of talks, and then, uh, you know, just music, and then I've always, I know mine's different than hers, but uh, 
it's not our plan, it's his plan. So I, you know, it's not exactly when we think or expect it, but I've always just said, it's, it's in his hands, it's out of our control. So right, right. when it'll happen, it'll happen. And yeah. if not, I'm happy too. Now, I'm sure you think a little differently than that. Like, oh, <laughs> when it happens, we're good, right? Like, he seems pretty laid back. How has it been for you? Um, so I'm a planner, so I'm much different than him. I'm not as chill as he is. Um, but Jeremiah 29:11 is a verse that I have been clinging to since we were get, trying to get pregnant with Ella. And, um, you know, having a mellow husband, he reminds me that God's in control, not us. And um, starting the adoption journey. Uh-huh. That's definitely helped too. Yeah, so they have started in a, they've started the journey of adoption, which I honestly didn't know how long and how crazy of a journey this is. This is what I really want to kind of hone in on a little bit. So you guys are struggling to get pregnant again, and it's something you, you've always wanted to kind of grow your family, uh, and you've never really saw adoption as plan B, right? Like it's always been something that you've wanted to do, okay? So um, whenever this first happened, were both of you on board with the adoption at the same time? How did that go? Tell me about that. No, it took a lot of... Uh she was praying hard and uh, a lot because I, at first, I wasn't exactly on board. So you were on took board some first, time. but you were. So what did you tell us? Tell the ladies here the magic trick to get your husband to do something. <laughs> tell, tell us. How did you do this? You pray. Okay. okay. <laughs> I prayed really hard for God to open up his eyes if it was supposed to be a part of our story because I felt like he kept putting it in front of my face. Um, but it's not just my journey. It's our journey together. And so... You can tell when your eyes were open to it, if you want. (laughs) Yes, this is a cool story. All right, go ahead. Yeah, we've been talking about it, and she's been, you know, we've been having lots of conversations, and it just, I still wasn't 100%, and we were at church one one Sunday, and it was a guest speaker, and uh, it was kind of towards his closing, and uh, he came over to the section we were in, and he's like, there's someone over here that adoption is their calling and I'm like <laughs> did you pay him to say like, that yes, <laughs> yes he did yeah. that's I, how you do it ladies right there <laughs> I'm open for bribes alright so I'm joking yeah and so I was like this guy there's no way and we just had these talks and she's like hitting me and I'm like yeah I guess this is he uh, knew he saw that yeah, happening and he was uh, like got him I got, I got him yeah, yeah that was it that's awesome so what were you thinking in that moment I'm sure you were just a mess. I'd be bawling my eyes out. He was looking surprised. I was crying because I thought, like, <laughs> you showed him what I needed you to show him. He had to get on stage and wave a flag, but he got it. <laughs> okay, so um, talk to me a little bit about talk to me a little bit about uh, what this has been like. Almost, th- did it ever feel like you were giving up on your? your your original plan of having your own children biological children when you decided that you were going to go full on on the adoption journey like what was that like definitely not um i felt like god always promised us that we would get to carry a little one and we did we have sweet ella um we were getting ready to start looking into agencies when we found out we were pregnant with her but I definitely knew that we would always get to have a biological child, but adoption would be a part of our journey as well. Do you feel like God would have gotten your attention to adoption had you gotten pregnant with a second child? All right, talk to me about that a little bit. Absolutely not. Um, So when we found out we were pregnant with Ella, I was kind of confused because I kept thinking, like, why did you put this adoption in front of us so much if we were going to get pregnant? Um, But now that it's five years later, I 
can see that I wouldn't have seen it if I was already a mom. Um, he needed, I needed to not be a mom for him to get my attention. And I think if I would have seen it now, I would have just thought that's not for us. Like I've already carried a baby, I'll get to carry another one. Uh, this is an interesting, uh, but hard thing for us a lot of times. And sometimes when we are dealing with disappointment and expectations are not meeting reality, sometimes it's a great thing to kind of remove yourself from the situation, try to back out a little bit and see what's actually going on. And that's a hard thing for some of us to do. Uh, and it's a lot easier said than done, but sometimes uh, God, she said this actually, we were on the phone uh, earlier this week talking about this. Is She said, sometimes God withholds things from us so that you can see the thing that he needs you to see. And so sometimes we see God and it seems like he's withholding something. And it's like, he's not giving me what I want. He's not allowing us to get pregnant. He's not allowing me to find the job that I need. He's not allowing my husband and I to work things out. He's not allowing X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Like, it just feels like God is preventing things. And it feels like that he's withholding something from us. But here's what Psalm 84:11 says. It says that God withholds no good thing from those who do what is right. The Bible says he doesn't withhold good things. He's a good father. This is a hard concept for some of us to understand because you may have had a bad dad in your life. You didn't have a healthy uh, relationship with your father. But the heavenly father, the good father, it says that he withholds no no good thing for those who do what is right. And uh, that means if he's withholding it, it's not good. And that doesn't mean it's not good, but it might not be good for you right now. It might not be a good thing for you. I mean, gosh, I, I have asked God when I was younger, God blessed me with more finances. Well, guess what? If he would have given me more finances, it would have ruined my life. You know, like God solved this. If he would have given me what I wanted, sometimes it would ruin my life. He withholds no good thing. And we have to understand that if something's being withheld, there's something better that he wants to give us. And we have to understand this verse, Isaiah 55. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. This is God talking. And my ways are beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We don't think and operate the same way that God does. We see things in a linear way. We, I like to put it like this. Sometimes we see one piece of the puzzle. And in that piece of the puzzle, we can see just that. But what God can see, he's above the puzzle. And he can see that there's a million pieces of this puzzle. And there's actually, he can see the whole picture. He can see how that piece fits in with the other pieces. And sometimes we don't like that. But I'm telling you, when you can release control, when you can say, okay, God, if you're withholding this, it can't be good for me right now. I need to trust that you don't withhold good things from me. You're going to give me, because you're a good father, exactly what I need when I need it. And it's that humility that can really make a difference when we're trying to deal with disappointment. So you guys have done a great job. I know when I was talking with you earlier about having the right attitude. Were you perfect at it? No. I'm sure there were months where you're like, God, what the heck are you doing? Like, 
I, you probably go through seasons of being mad at God or questioning God and all that's very, very normal. But I want to talk about kind of what's been in the works with you guys. And that's what I want to kind of land on here for a little bit. Uh, you guys have been trying to adopt and uh, there's most people in here haven't gone through that process before. I know there's, there's some that have, but most have not. It is a very, very involved process. I honestly didn't know too much about it until we talked, um, and so I want us to—I want you to tell everyone what does the process of adopting like look like on a practical level. Well, there's a lot of paperwork, uh, background <laughs> checks. Um, I've never had to write an autobiography about myself, so that took a lot. That I'm not, yeah. So trying to look at yourself, put it on paper, and. Uh, you know, and they want to know about your parents. Yeah. Okay. What was their relationship like? How were you dis like everything about your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not just like, where are you from? What yeah, was your last no. three addresses? It's, no, it's like it's everything. Yeah. Right? We had to do medical, like exams, and we had a dog at the time, and we had to do vet paperwork for him. Um, lots and lots of paperwork to get us started to get our home study complete. So once you do all the paperwork, you go to an agency that's, that'll help match you with moms, right? You do all the paperwork, which sounds terrible, if I'm just being honest. And it's like it's down to, like, politics. It's down to your views on certain things, your race, you know, it, all your views on marriage, I'm sure, and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's really, really involved. They were telling me. Then uh, that paperwork takes the agency, right? The, you, the agency takes the paperwork, and then they kind of act as, like, a middleman, right? Like, they're trying to find moms that match all that kind of stuff, right? So what kind of stories did you hear as as potential matches were kind of coming across y'all's desk, if you will? I mean, they were all over the place. Moms that are homeless, drug addiction. Um, one that tugged at me the, the most was uh, a young girl. Uh, it was a rape. Uh, and so that one, that's kind of close for me. Cause yeah. My grandfather was a product of rape, so. Mm, wow. And she was 14, I think you yeah. said, something like that. So the agency is trying to find people that will match their profile, if you will. And uh, and so when you guys start seeing all this, you're seeing all these all terrible stories and some, some stories of just that will break your heart, obviously, and all that kind of stuff. So you're getting all these profiles in. Um, how many profiles came across y'all's desk and how many did you actually uh what's the word that i'm trying to find like how much did you qualify for if that makes sense can yes. you go through those numbers with us mm -hmm. okay so we had about a hundred they call them situations um the way that it works is they send us out an email that has um just some details about birth mom what the estimated cost would be and then there's adoptive parent criteria um, and that can range from race, political views, if you have children, if you don't have children, your education. Um, so out of that 100, we qualified for about 15 and we submitted our name um, for all of those. And then they take our profile book. So it's kind of like a picture book that explains who our family is and we have pictures of vacation and our house and uh, birth mom. Yeah, birth mom looks at the books and then she picks the family that she thinks will be the best fit for her child. So it's it's kind of competitive is a weird word, but there's other families mm -hmm. also trying to match mm -hmm. and the mom gets to get all these and look at them and go, okay, based on everything I know about all these families, I'm going to pick from one of these. So you did that 15 times. Yes. And then finally, 
you got a match, right? Uh, when did you get the match? When did you find out about it? It was during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Woo! Come on now. So that's pretty cool. So we have our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and that was we were praying for this specifically. Uh, we were also praying for some people to get pregnant, and I'm happy that now I can report. We got a pregnancy out of the 21 days of prayer and fasting and a match, which I'll count that as like a pregnancy, right? <laughs> Come on, give God a hand. That's awesome. Never underestimate the power of focused prayer. Uh, you don't. Please, when, when we have our prayer stuff out there, pr- let us pray for you. All right? Let us pray for you. Never know what's going to happen. Uh, and But I'm really, that pumped me up whenever that, they, I remember them pulling us aside after church one Sunday, and I was like, did we offend them somehow? And then they were like, we got matched. And so we, we celebrated. It was really, really awesome. So, um, okay, so I do want us to get into what that, after you've been matched, okay, so now you have like, it's still potential. It's not set in stone. Um, Communicate to us how that, this process has been now that you've been matched. What's that been like? So it's definitely been an emotional roller coaster. Um, I talk to birth mom usually about once a day, every couple of days. Um, I flew out to try to see her this week and I wasn't able to meet up with her. Um, So that part was really, really disappointing. just disappointment and there's highs and lows you know you get really excited sometimes and then there's other times that it feels like it's all falling apart um but god has a plan i mean this is like where i feel like you're in a boat that's sinking it feels like and you got a little cup and you're trying to yeah. <laughs> keep it afloat i know yeah and uh and just so y'all know it's still not set in stone they've been matched but the birth mom at any moment could back out or they've even up to 72 hours after the baby's born could back out and so this is you are putting yourself your whole life your family out there and at any moment you it's like you have no control i mean like at any moment something could happen and you could get a text or a phone whatever it is and i just want you all to empathize with that a little bit this is a a roller coaster that what they've been going through so here's what i want to do now i want us to kind of turn the corner and i want us to get practical a little bit like uh, I understand the system is not perfect, and a lot of people will say well, it, it's broken, right? Um, and I don't know enough to make a comment on that. I have no idea, but I just know from what I've been told by others. But what does what does an adoption typically cost, and um, what got, what have you guys been able to do, and how much more do you have to go before you're able to fund fully the adoption? It's a wide range, that's for sure. Some, you know, around 20,000, we've seen up to 60,000 for some cases. And ours, it's going to end up being between 35 and 40 when it's all done. And then how much have you been able to save or raise up to that? So in the past year, we've been able to save and I sell cupcakes. Uh, we've been able to save about 20000 Okay. So you're halfway. All right. Halfway. That's, pretty, that's pretty good. Uh, th- that's awesome. Y'all have got a hand. That's cool. All right. So, but one of the things I love and respect about the Chetneys is that they're willing to put in the work to to kind of to, to fund this thing and to see God move. And a lot of, we don't like hearing this, but God, most of the time, 
God isn't just dropping miracles out of the sky. It requires something on our part and something that only he can do and something that we need to do. And those are both sides of the train tracks that the train goes on. And that's how life works. That's how moves of God works. We, we're going to pray like it all depends on God, but we're going to work like it all depends on us. And somewhere in the middle, when those two things intersect, is where God can do some stuff. So one thing that they're doing is they're partnering with an organization called Both Hands. I want you to quickly share what Both Hands is and what you guys are doing and uh, and all that kind of stuff. What is, what is that? Both Hands is, they're actually located in Brentwood. Um, you do a project for a widow. You raise money, um, almost like a 5K or a golf tournament, but all the funds you raise, you can apply towards your adoption. And uh, so we've been partnering with them to do a project. So you're month. asking people to support the work that you're doing at the widow's house but you get to keep the money to go towards your adoption fund or whatever but you're you're not just getting it you're you're doing something that people can donate towards okay so what are you going to be doing at the the widow's house uh yeah general yard work cutting her grass we're going to redo her landscape new mulch um, some plants she needs her gutters cleaned um, pressure washer driveway sidewalk Uh, we're going to replace her front porch railings that need to be fixed and we're going to add some lattice to her back decking to help enclose that and you wanted to get some deck furniture for the she 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 made the comment i want her backyard to be like an oasis which was great i don't know if you did that on purpose but i I liked it it. okay (laughs) it spoke to me all right so how much have you guys raised for this specific thing so far We've raised about three thousand, but both hands matches up to three thousand, so about six. 000. So you've gotten six total yeah. uh, to go toward this yes. and uh, and stuff like that. Okay, great. And so the awesome thing is that this was planned already to do on July sixteenth when we're doing Serve Day. So we are going to be a part. They already have other people that are part of this, their families and friends and stuff like that. But we're going to send some of our people to partner with them during this time to help get that project done at that widow's house on the 16th for our serve day. And so I want us, if, you, if you're a handy person in here, none of the other projects require handiwork, okay? Which means I won't be doing anything handy there uh but we have people if you if you like doing that kind of stuff this is going to be the place where you need to go serve and it's helping them adopt and so what i wanted to share with you is what we are going to do to help you guys and uh, y'all don't know this yet so uh what we are going to do as a church is we're going to cover all the costs for everything that you need to get done at this place so that you don't have to take anything donated to cover the cost for the railing the mulch the any literally anything you need so we're going to give you a thousand dollars as a church to cover all that if you need more we'll we'll cover it uh but we want to do that so that every penny that you guys raise from both hands goes directly to the adoption okay that's the first thing we're gonna do y'all give god a hand for that that's awesome it's oh you're welcome uh, and thank them. All right. This is, I just get to, we just get to make the decisions with, with our team stuff. So, um, but that's a fun thing. But here's the second thing that I want to do, uh, that I want you guys to rally around today and be a part of this. Maybe you can't be there on the 16th and maybe, uh, God's stirring something in you to help them even right now. So they have not told me this. This is a surprise to them as well. But uh, Steph and I were talk. We talked about this again two weeks ago before anything uh, went on, and we've decided that any 
amount given today to Oasis Church through tithes, offerings, whatever, anything that comes in today is going to go directly to their adoption fund as well. So we're going to give $1,000 to help cover the cost. And then anything that you guys decide to give today, every penny of it will go directly to their fund. And so none of it's going to go to us. None of it's going to go to Oasis or anything. All of it is going to go directly to you guys to help you guys. Now, listen, somebody might want to do something awesome. That's great. And we'll, we'll have checks and balances. We'll be sure that uh, we can show you guys everything that we're doing. But I want our church to be a blessing to you as well. So if God is pulling on your heart and maybe as we've been talking, God said something like, hey, bless them, then do it. All right, listen, pray, even pray. You have time. You don't have to give in person. Anything online is going to count as well. You can give back there at the bucket, but anything that we get today is going to go direct. Every 100% of it's going to go directly to them as our gift to you guys to to help this process move along because I know you guys, I trust you guys, but also I think that this is an amazing thing. Adoption is an amazing thing. It's the Bible uses the word adoption a ton to talk about what Jesus or what God the Father did for us. He adopted us. We didn't belong in his family. We're not a we're very much not like God, but he sent Jesus to pay the price so that we can join his family. And so I want to help pay the price so that this young this baby that this mom is carrying right now can be a part of y'all's family. So that's what we want to do today. So can y'all give God a hand for what he's doing? I think it's awesome. So anything given today again will go directly to you guys and we'll we'll get that all taken care of all right so we love you guys so much so hey join me and uh, if y'all would can y'all just extend a hand uh to the chetneys right here and we just want to ask god's favor on the situation uh god i pray right now i thank you so much for sarah and andrew thank you for ella and uh god i just believe that this this adoption is going to go through God, you answered this prayer already. And so I know this feels so unpredictable at times. It feels like it could, the, the rug could get pulled out at any moment. But God, that is the enemy trying to make us uh, be fearful. And your Bible tells us, or the word tells us that you didn't give us a spirit of fear or timidity. God, you gave us a, a spirit of boldness and one of sound mind. And so God, I, pr- I protect their mind even right now, God. In Jesus' name, I just pray that protection around them. I pray for this mom that's carrying this baby right now. I don't know the details of her story or her situation. I I am thankful for her. I'm thankful that she's willing to give this baby up uh, for adoption, place this baby up for adoption so that a family can love her. I pray for the baby inside of her right now, God, that you would make it healthy whole. I pray for no issues. God, I pray that for the delivery to go well. And I pray that, uh, that this baby would safely land with the Chetneys, God. I thank you uh, for our church family. I pray that you help them step up in generosity today to help meet this need. Um, and I, I thank you that you've given our church a heart of generosity that we can, we can do these sort of things, God. And so Father, I just pray a blessing over that today. I pray that this widow project would just speak volumes to this widow, uh, that, that, you would, that you would continue to bring in the funds necessary um, to help close that $20,000 gap that they're trying to raise right now. You are the provider. You can do anything, God. 
God, we honor you today. We praise you today. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give God a hand, everybody. Thank you all so much for praying. And uh, hey, next week at the movies. All right, well, let's pack this place out and let's watch some Independence Day together. All right, hey, we love you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. Y'all have a good week.